Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from Rapidly Rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. Last week, as you were listening to the show on KISL, I was in Sacramento, California. Well, technically Rancho Cordova, a little northeast of Sacramento, enjoying the after-party following the 32nd annual West Coast Ragtime Festival. We had a wonderful time seeing longtime friends, making new ones, and hearing a whole lot of great music by some exceedingly talented people. While the main focus of the festival is the syncopated popular music from around 1895 to 1917, There were other early music genres represented spanning through the end of the 1930s. The festival consists of six simultaneous tracks of music going non-stop from 9 in the morning until 11 p.m. and into the wee hours of the morning. It can be a bit frustrating because oftentimes one's favorite artists are playing opposite each other in different rooms, but it does mean there are always lots of choices for everyone. This edition of Rapidly Rotating Records is going to be sort of a recap of the festival, and I'll be playing vintage recordings of some of the tunes heard over the weekend. The festival started off with Titanic, a musical journey, starring Adam Swanson as Ted Braley, a young composer and Titanic's pianist, who was to be married upon completion of the voyage, Barbara Kronowski as American author, suffragette, and first-class passenger Mrs. Helen Churchill Candy, and Eric Swartz as American writer Colonel Archibald Gracie IV. As the trio presented music as it was heard on Titanic and their personal stories, the audience felt as if they too were passengers aboard the largest moving object in the world. On Saturday night, pianist Frederick Hodges and vocalist Sean Sharp presented their very popular parade of first-class illustrated songs. Illustrated songs, essentially the first music videos, were shown in vaudeville and Nickelodeon theaters from 1894 to 1914. They were hand-colored live model photographs on glass, and as a singer sang, the lantern slides projected onto the screen depicted the stories in the song's lyrics, with the audience joining in singing at the end. Original, beautifully restored slides were shown, and one of the songs in their presentation was the Oceana Roll. And the Oceana Roll was also one of the songs in the Titanic songbook. Here's Eddie Morton. Billy McCoy was a musical boy on the cruiser Alabama. He was there with that piano like a fish down in the sea when he rattled off some harmony every night out on the ocean he would get that raggy notion stop that syncopated motion lovingly no one could sleep way out there on the deep when billy cut loose out at sea each fish and worm begins to twist and squirm the ship starts in to dip and does the corkscrew turn to see that smoke so black sneak from that old smokestack. It's floating right to heaven and it won't come back. Now here and there you'll see a stool and chair. A slipping round the cabin shouting, I don't care. And the hammock starts a swinging and the bell begins to ringing while he's sitting at that piano there on the Alabama playing the Oceana Roll. England or Spain, it was always the same. He'd be there at that piano on the cruiser Alabama every morning, noon and night. He would keep it up with all his might. Every time he started to play and all the boys would start a sway and everyone would keep on saying, don't you stop. Sailors, take care. Oh, sailors, beware. For Bill will play on till you drop. Each fish and worm begins to twist and squirm. 
the ship starts in to dip and does the corkscrew turn. You see that smoke so black, snake from that old smokestack. It's floating right to heaven and it won't come back. Now here and there you'll see a stool and chair. A slipping round the cabin shouting, I don't care. And the hammock starts a swinging and the bell begins to ring. While he's sitting at that piano there on the Alabama playing the Oceana roll. Vaudeville star Eddie Morton and Oceana Roll, recorded by Victor on July 12, 1911. Eddie Morton was born in 1869 in Philadelphia and was a Philadelphia policeman before leaving the force in about 1907 and joining the cast of The Maid and the Millionaire at the Madison Square Roof Garden Theater. He became known as the Singing Cop. Oceana Roll tells the story of a sailor who plays ragtime on the battleship USS Alabama and was composed by Lucien Denny with the lyrics by Roger Lewis. Lucien Denny was born in France in 1886 and came to the U.S. in 1900. Oceana Roll was his biggest hit, and he wrote few other songs, but two which he did were My Skylark Love and You're Just a Flower from an Old Bouquet. I mentioned that besides ragtime, there were other genres of early music at the festival, namely boogie-woogie and barrel-house piano, represented by two of the style's foremost exponents, Carl Sonny Leyland and Ethan Leinwand. At the Sunday afternoon finale at the twin Steinway Model D nine-foot concert grand pianos, they pounded out Indiana Avenue Stomp. Indiana Avenue Stomp was written by American boogie-woogie and piano blues artist Arthur Montana Taylor, who was, in fact, born in Montana in 1903. Here, from April 23, 1929, is Taylor's original recording of Indiana Avenue Stomp, issued on Vocalion 1419. 
Montana Taylor's April 23, 1929 vocalion recording of his composition, Indiana Avenue Stomp. Now imagine that being played live with the same verve and gusto on twin Steinway Grands, and you'll have a hint of Sonny and Ethan's electrifying performance. This year's West Coast Ragtime Festival was notable for having a large number of themed sets, where all of the tunes in the set had something in common. One such set was presented by Jeff Barnhart. Now, if you look up ebullient in the dictionary, you'll see Jeff Barnhart's picture. Ebullient means cheerful and full of energy, and Jeff's set was titled Rare and Healthy Fats. Not as in polyunsaturates, but as in Fats Waller. And one of the less well-known of Fats' compositions that Jeff played was this one, Rump Steak Serenade. Waller and his rhythm with the Rump Steak Serenade, recorded in Hollywood on July 1, 1941, and issued in October as Bluebird 61336. And we won't go into what might be behind the title, the Rump Steak Serenade. A few years ago, when Ian Whitcomb was at the festival, he brought along his accordion. Now, you might think, what is an accordion doing at a ragtime piano festival? Well, Ian did refer to his accordion as a stomach Steinway. This year, appearing at the festival for the first time, was multi-instrumentalist Matt Tolentino, who brought along his gorgeous vintage 1933 Italo-American Gloria model accordion. Matt is also the leader of the 18-piece Singapore Slingers Orchestra, the Matt Tolentino Band, and his polka band, the Royal Klobosniks. I encourage you to go to his website, matttolentino.com, where you can read all about him and his bands, see photographs, and most importantly, buy the band's CDs. In the set I attended, among others, Matt played these songs. Thank you. 
out of tune. Pick up your hat, close up your flat, and get out and get under the moon. Underneath the bright, silvery light, you'll be feeling better soon. Pick up your hat, close up your flat, and get out and get under the moon. Look, look, look at the stars above. Look, look, look at those sweeties, love. Oh, boy, give me a night in June. I mean it, all you got to do. Any old night when you're feeling out of tune Pick up your hat, close up your flat And get out and get under the that record, Xonophone 450, were in better shape, but then if you were born in May of 1911, you probably wouldn't be in very good shape by now either. Despite its condition, I played it because of all the recordings of Silver Heels, and there are a surprising number of them actually, that's the only one played on a concertina. 
The concertina is similar to the accordion, but is smaller, hexagonal in shape, and the notes are sounded by buttons which, when pressed, travel in the same direction as the bellows. That was Alexander Prince, who was a popular stage and recording artist in the first couple of decades of the 20th century, and played a McCann duet concertina. Silver Heels was written by Neil Moret and was preceded by a record in fabulous condition, Victor 21432. That was Nat Shilkert and the Victor Orchestra with Get Out and Get Under the Moon, composed by Larry Shea. The lyrics were written by Charlie Tobias and William Jerome and sung by the vocal duo of Johnny Marvin and Frankie Marvin. That was recorded in the wonderful acoustic environment of Liederkranz Hall in New York on May 3, 1928. Another group making their WCRF debut was the House of Fire Flute Choir, a flute sextet led by our friend Michael Chisholm. There were C flutes, alto flutes, and bass flutes with curved head and straight head and piccolos. I loved the Disneyland saxophone quintet and would follow them all around the park as they played. And I'd follow the House of Fire flute choir just about anywhere to hear them play. In their set that I attended, they played the following tunes, all brilliantly arranged by Michael. Mississippi Mud, Patrol of the Pelicans by George L. Cobb, Joseph Lamb's 1915 Ragtime Nightingale, The Teddy Bear's Picnic, Zez Confrey's A Heart Like the Ocean, and these.
Withers, a tune you probably haven't heard, and if so, probably not that recording. That was the Columbia Orchestra from somewhere around the first quarter of 1905 with Whoa, You Heifer. That's from Harmony Disc Record A165, but it was also issued under two different Columbia catalog numbers, as well as on the Harvard, Marconi, Oxford, and DNR labels. The D&R Record Company, which stood for Double and Reversible, was a mail-order firm incorporated in Chicago in 1909. Their discs were originally manufactured by Leeds and Catlin from material previously released on single-sided discs on the Imperial, Nassau, Sun, and other Leeds labels. Woe, You Heifer was written by Alphonse A. Verges, better known as Al. He was born in New Orleans in 1874, one of four brothers, all of whom played musical instruments. Their father was a butcher, and that trade was passed down, but although Al is listed in the 1904 city directory as a butcher, in 1903 and 1905 he's listed as a musician, and in 1907 as a salesman for the Hakanyos Piano Manufacturing Company. Woe, You Heifer is one of three known compositions by Virgis and is subtitled A Cowboy Intermezzo and described as a warm rag. The first of the records in that set was Creole Bells, Bells as in Bell of the Ball, by a guy with a great name, J. Bodwell Lamp. It was a very popular tune recorded by lots of different bands, including at least four times by Sousa's band, and we heard their December 13, 1912 recording with the band conducted by Arthur Pryor, issued on Victor 17252. Along with Max Keenleyside, another of our favorite contemporary ragtime composers is Vincent Matthew Johnson. Astonishingly, Vincent is primarily self-taught and has had little formal instruction. In one of his sets that I attended, Vincent played the first piece he ever learned, Baltimore Totolo by U.B. Blake. It was written around 1908, but not published until the 1960s, and here it is played by the composer himself in 1969.
My, 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 indeed. The 86-year-old U.B. Blake in 1969 with his composition, Baltimore Totolo. I think that piece has been played at some point by just about everyone who has ever appeared at the West Coast Ragtime Festival, but no better than that. That's from the two-LP set on Columbia titled The 86 Years of U.B. Blake. I bought that album when it first came out in 1969, but it's still in E-plus condition, and I don't think it's been reissued or is even available on iTunes or Amazon Music or anywhere else. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand anytime at all online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on iTunes as a podcast and part of the Global Community Radio Network. Probably the biggest highlight of the entire festival for us took place on Sunday afternoon when our friends Richard Dowling and Frederick Hodges, two of the finest pianists on the planet today, took to the stage each at his own Steinway Model D nine-foot concert grand piano, to play Sergei Rachmaninoff's own arrangement for two pianos of his 1934 composition, Rhapsody on a Theme of Paganini, Opus 34. Now, you might be thinking, what are they doing playing a standard of the classical repertoire at a ragtime festival? Well, George Gershon was a ragtime-era composer and is always well-represented at ragtime festivals. And there are some connections between Gershwin and Rachmaninoff that you may not be aware of. The two were roughly contemporaries, Rachmaninoff born in 1873 and Gershwin 25 years later. Rachmaninoff came to the U.S. in 1918 following the Russian Revolution, and both he and Gershwin made money recording piano rolls. Rachmaninoff attended the premieres of both Rhapsody in Blue in 1924 and Concerto in F at Carnegie Hall on December 3, 1925. Although not close friends, they had met and apparently admired each other's work. In the summer of 1934 in Switzerland, Rachmaninoff wrote his concertante work for solo piano and orchestra, which is not so much a rhapsody as 24 variations on a theme from Niccolo Paganini's Caprice for Solo Violin. Rachmaninoff himself played the world premiere of the work on the stage of the Lyric Opera House in Baltimore with Leopold Stokowski, conducting the Philadelphia Orchestra, on November 7, 1934. A few weeks later, they all gathered together again in the former Trinity Church in Camden, New Jersey, to record it. And here is that recording. I'll be back in about 22 minutes.
Recorded Christmas Eve 1934 by Victor and issued on three 12-inch 78 RPM records, Sergei Rachmaninoff with the premiere recording of his Rhapsody on a Theme of Paganini, Opus 34. The Philadelphia Orchestra was conducted by Leopold Stokowski. Rachmaninoff's performance at the premiere of the work was a spectacular success, as was Frederick Hodges and Richard Dowling's two-piano performance at the West Coast Ragtime Festival, with everyone in the California ballroom giving a standing ovation. I wish I could highlight every one of the 58 individuals and groups who were part of this year's festival, but instead I'm going to suggest that if at all possible, you'll consider attending next year's festival either on a day or all events pass. You can find out all about this and past festivals, see photographs and performer lists at westcoastragtime.com. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs>